This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello and welcome to today's show of Sober Yoga. I'm Kate Bendel, the host of the show, and I'm somebody who's sober and who used yoga to get sober and stay sober. So this show is for you if you are somebody who perhaps drinks a little bit too much sometimes, or equally if you're somebody who drinks way too much a lot of the time, or even if you fall somewhere in between on the continuum. You might also find this show helpful or useful if you know somebody who is struggling with alcohol at the moment. So my hope for the show is that I can bring some helpful tools and ideas and even perhaps sometimes a change in perspective. Because if you yourself are struggling to manage your alcohol, you will be well aware of how complex it can be. So today's show, we are going to have a, have a look at some of the similarities and some of the differences between the 12-step, the Alcoholics Anonymous way of recovery, and yoga as a path of recovery. I used both. However, there was a point for me that I no longer needed AA and that's when I really dug into yoga and that has carried me very steadily. I can't remember. Ooh, my last AA meeting must have been at least a decade, probably possibly closer to two, um, which I know for some people, if you're currently attending AA meetings, that in itself will be a button-pushing statement. So I would just go on to say that what I express in this show, uh, my experience, what has worked for me and Fortunately or unfortunately, I'm not sure, you have to figure it out for yourself. And that is one of the one of the challenges of this journey with dealing with alcohol issues is there isn't a one size fits all, which can be seen as liberating and an opportunity for sort of curiosity and finding what works for you. But it also can be quite scary if you try a particular path, particularly probably the 12 steps is one of the better known methods of dealing with alcohol issues. And if you try it and it doesn't work for you, it can feel like there's no other option, that that is the only way. So I'm sharing with you that there are other ways and it really, really depends on not only the type or stage of drinking that you're dealing with, but I think it also 
also depends on fundamentally who you are and what connects with you. And if one method doesn't connect with you and give you the solutions and the transformation and the shifts that you're looking for, you can keep looking. Don't give up is all I would say. So just briefly, I'm not going to go into it a lot, but I think just a brief history of where AA, short for Alcoholics Anonymous, kind of where that came from, can give some perspective on understanding the model that's used there and can help some people kind of figure, yes, that's a model that really works for me and it also might be a relief for some people and give some sense of, oh, well, that kind of makes sense why maybe that doesn't resonate with me and that's not my that's not my solution, but all due respect for those that it is their solution. So Alcoholics Anonymous was founded in 1935. So depends on how you view time. You could view that as kind of fairly recent history or you could also think of what the culture mainstream culture was in 1935 in America and it's a lot has changed and there's certain things about AA which are fundamental principles which have not changed like the basic program the 12-step program that is still offered is pretty much what was on offer then in 1935 so it was two gentlemen or blokes, however you like to think of them. One was Bill Wilson and the other was Bill's Bob Smith. And they were both what we would typically think of as pretty hardcore drinkers with what you would say is a serious problem. You may be familiar with that term of rock bottom, like life is seriously and consistently falling apart, losing jobs, losing marriages, kind of fall down, blackout, drunk as a a regular occurrence. So both of these men were in that situation and they had tried various things and nothing helped. Um, One of them, Bill Wilson, had earlier been a member of what was called the Oxford Group and this was a Christian group and much of Alcoholics Anonymous program was actually based on the Oxford Group. And their kind of the core belief of of that was that anyone has the potential to change. Anyone can transform if they are willing to become honest, if they, they use the term confess, like I guess that's actually outwardly say, admit your wrongdoings, and if you're will, and if you're willing to ask for help from God, then there is, you have the potential to be transformed. So over time and a bit of tweaking, um, Bill and Bob set up AA and based the principles of AA into a a 12-step program. And the very first step in that program is accepting one's inability to control drinking. And it goes through a number of steps. And the last one is about helping others sustain sobriety by either becoming a member or a sponsor. So this AA model, which has been in existence since then, is 
all around the world. It's it's a global thing, and there's apparently I don't know if they keep kind of accurate records, but there's well over two million members. And even though some of you are listening may be not keen on AA, like it really is not for some people. That the the truth of the matter is that it, it is effective for a lot of people. Um, there was a Stanford University study that measured abstinence, so that's the total no drinking at all, or you could use the word sobriety, which is the only model that AA goes for. There's no there's no place in AA for moderation or cutting down. It's like you stop. That's that's the solution, according to AA. Now, this Stanford University study said that actually AA was significantly better than other inter- interventions or no intervention at all. And, and in one study, it was found to be 60% more effective, and not one of the studies found it to be less effective. So this show isn't about promoting AA as a pathway, but it's about giving it its due and helping people see what it what it offers and some of it is very similar to yoga but equally what bits are not similar to yoga and could it be that yoga may offer you something if you have struggled with AA or just don't even want to go there because one of the things about Alcoholics Anonymous is really there. Part of the culture is based around this idea, this concept even, that there is such a thing as an alcoholic. Now, if you've grown up with that term and you're really comfortable, you might be thinking, well, of course there's such a thing as an alcoholic. That now is kind of under dispute, really. And in the field, addiction field, it's not used anymore. However, it is become such a part of our language that people still use it in, in common language and even some people in the addiction field do still use it, whereas it's actually not really the official word anymore. There's an alcohol, what is that alcohol use? Oh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. It's a continuum. Basically, I can't remember the proper term, but it's like you fall somewhere on the continuum of using alcohol in a healthy way down one end to the other end as of having serious um, repercussions and impact from alcohol in your life. Alcohol use disorder, I think it's called actually. So for some people, that is going to be one reason that they just actually can't use the 12 steps because they can't and don't want to see themselves as an alcoholic. So in yoga, it's not necessary to, like you calling yourself an alcoholic or not, doesn't even really fit into yoga. Wherever you see yourself, however you perceive your issue with alcohol, that's your truth that's where you start and in yoga that's it is what you say it is so this idea that you have to have a serious drinking problem and that you have to have reached rock bottom 
definitely doesn't apply in yoga. Yoga is about transformation and change. It's about assisting someone to reach their full potential in life, called your Svadharma, your personal potential to blossom and bloom. And if there's any obstacle in your life that's stopping that happening, yoga sees that just as that. It's an obstacle. So for some of us, it's definitely drinking. And it doesn't, yoga wouldn't look so much at sort of the, you know, how much you're drinking or how many disastrous events have happened with drinking. And it would definitely, using the yoga model, would not assume that the solution for you is abstinence. It might be. As you engaged in the process of yoga, you might come to recognize that actually for you, moderation or social drinking isn't going to work. And yes, you're going to pursue abstinence or sobriety. But equally, it might be, yes, with some some work and some yoga and some progress, you can kind of slide your alcohol that maybe was out of control back into a safe zone for yourself and that you're satisfied and that is your goal, which, yeah, that, that's quite a, a fundamental difference in some ways. Um, and the thing I think also to acknowledge about both systems, both are systems and these systems are taught and delivered by other humans And so all sorts of biases and prejudices come in, whether it's into an AA meeting or, in fact, a yoga class. If you're at all familiar with yoga, you could be aware that there's so many types of yoga on offer. It's like quite confusing, really. It's like, actually, what is yoga? There's so many, many varieties of yoga And the thing with AA as well is that it's like any other human organization. How it's interpreted and passed on changes depending on the people. It's heavily influenced by personalities. And in some ways, there's very different flavors of 12-step meetings, and it depends what's on offer in the area or the country or even the town where you live. And people kind of fall into it according to those who initiate or teach you or show you the ropes. And there's many, many approaches now as AA has become a global thing. It's like religion almost. It's like there's many ways of it being presented from like there's orthodox, there's conservative, there's modern, there's reform and it just depends who's there and in which style that it's offered. So sometimes if you go to a meeting and it really doesn't seem like it's the right thing for you, it's not necessarily to correct, to assume no AA will ever be okay for you. It may be just that you've struck a particularly kind of dogmatic orthodox group and that you need something that's a little more flexible that still sticks to the the 12 steps but has a more open liberal approach. Um, And the same could be said for yoga in a slightly different way. It depends on the training and the teacher 
that you have in front of you, whether that yoga is actually going to connect with you. So again, if you've tried yoga in the past and it's just not touched you or met your needs at all, don't write off yoga completely. It might be that you need to look for another teacher or another type of yoga until you find the one that will connect. But equally, yoga also said yoga is not the solution for everybody. Yoga acknowledges that. Yoga school says some people are not ready for yoga because yoga requires a willingness for self-empowerment. If you're looking for an answer outside of yourself or looking for someone to tell you, um, give you the solution to your problem, yoga is not the right path. Whereas in AA, there is more guidance. There's more direction. You're actually told quite clearly in some of the tw- in the twelve steps of what you need to be doing. So one of the things that is a real obstacle for a lot of people in going to AA, I know this from people I work with, and equally. For myself, it was a wee bit of a stumbling block. Is this the the mention of God? Most of us living in this country have some story, some program in us attached to the word God. Whether we are religious or were brought up in a religious family or not, we all have layers of meaning to that word. For some people, it's a very positive thing, and they see that as a very easy way to enter into AA. However, for a lot of people, it's an obstacle. They don't identify as Christian, and somehow this word God, um, well, not somehow, it's kind of obvious, it has very Christian connotations for most of us, and it is embedded in the AA program, even though AA is actually quite open about the spiritual, who you choose or name or call, like the, in one of the steps that even you takes the word God out and uses the word higher power, which is wide open to interpretation. So even though people see the word God in a few of the steps, which it is in a few of those 12 steps, um, AA actually is an open program in terms of the spiritual, the way you connect with the spirituality in it. However, it is a spiritual program and there, there is no denying that. There, there's 12 steps And over half of those steps, so seven of the steps, are based around an idea that there is a spiritual dimension to life. And what I mean by that is, yes, it may have come out of a Christian background, but they're not nailing it down or narrowing it down into that. But the AA does require a willingness to... Be open to the idea that there's more to life than just what we're seeing. There's something beyond this material existence. And it doesn't say what that should be. They do use the word God a few times, and I think that's probably just because the 
context from where this arose was a Christian context. So some people that's enough to just turn them off, that they're not interested. They don't want a spiritual path. It doesn't make sense to them. They can't connect with it at all. And so in some ways, yoga, you'll be surprised to hear me say this if you've heard me talk before, yoga most definitely is a spiritual practice. There is no doubt about that. However, the thing about yoga is it doesn't require that at the beginning. You can enter yoga for on a purely physical level, and many people do. Many people come to yoga for the movement, for the asana it's called. They've seen people do that, they hear of the benefits to yoga, and they go and they just practice on a physical level. And even some of the teachers out there are just, that's what they're teaching. They're teaching the physical dimension of yoga. I mean, you can even find it in a gym. You can't get more more physically base setting than that. So yoga, even though it has far more to it than that, and the real goal and the real purpose of yoga is not about that physicality, it is a valid way to enter the path of yoga. And so many people, that is the way they come in. They come for... They do the postures and they're working on a physical layer and what is happening as they're doing that is the mind is being quietened. And once the mind becomes quietened, we are then able to experience a deeper aspect of the self. And in many ways that's all spirituality is. It's the deeper aspect of ourself. It's the interior, it's the internal dimension, what we can't see with our normal senses. And people generally get a taste of that in a yoga class because the asana, even if it's taught in a physical manner, will calm the mind. And when the mind is calm, there's something there. There's an experience. And so in some ways that is... It's definitely an option for people who are looking for help. If you're listening to this and you're like, yes, alcohol is a thing for me. Twelve steps don't work for me because I'm not into spirituality. Do I have to be into spirituality to practice yoga? No, you don't. You can start where you're at. Yoga says it starts with anyone who is ready for change and ready to take some steps and some responsibility, anyone is then ready for yoga. There is no requirement of a belief in anything. You're just ready to step up and and practice the yoga. And some people might practice like that for years and years and years and achieve the goal they want. I would go on to say, though, my experience and from years of teaching and personal practice, most people end up going much deeper. Over time, there is an opening into a deeper world and a deeper reality, and many, many people end up going there. But you don't have to. So if you're not interested in that and you just want to deal with your alcohol, yoga could be a path for you. So you've been listening to me, Kate, Kate Bendel, who has 
used yoga as a way of deepening and maintaining my sobriety. Um, I teach here in Dunedin. I also work individually with people who are ready to take on dealing with their alcohol issues. If you want to have a look at my website, it's katebendel.org. And equally, if you've just caught the end of this or want somebody you know or love or care about struggling with alcohol, any of these episodes can be listened to again if you go onto the ORFM website and just look under podcasts, it'll come up there. And so also, this show is for you, the listener, not for me. So if there's any topics you want me to cover, any curious questions you have about yoga and sobriety please reach out to me there's ways on that website to contact me and I'll happily um, talk about things that are of interest to you biggest challenges what you're struggling with in, in shows in the future so I hope that was interesting and thank you for spending this time with me today This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.